So taking the first few moments to settle our attention and energy in the body. Closing the eyes gently. You can have them closed or slightly open so that our gaze is very soft if they're open and looking down just in front of us. Seeing what feels the safest to you. Bringing attention to our posture so that we feel relaxed in the body, yet have a posture of alertness, not being stiff. but feeling a sense of dignity and respect for our practice in our posture. Noticing any places where there might be some holding or tension. So scanning the body for a few moments, noticing if you're holding any tension around your eyes or your forehead and softening around there intentionally, around the jaw, softening, releasing any tension around the shoulders, the arms and the hands, just letting go, the belly, And then noticing the legs and the feet as well. Relaxing but still keeping the posture erect. And seeing as well if we can relax the mind, the heart, by letting go of any goals that we have any agenda that we have for our sitting this morning. Bringing in a sense of patience, just being with our practice moment to moment. And then bringing our attention to the heart center. It may be around the physical heart or around the middle of the chest. Gently putting the attention there and breathing in and out from that place. Having a quiet, full in-breath and a complete and quiet full out-breath to begin with. Relaxing the heart.
and seeing if during our practice we can let our attention continue to connect and remain with this area of our heart center. So remembering that in this metta or loving-kindness practice, we're developing the capacity to offer our loving-kindness to ourselves and to others. Remembering that it's an offering. So we make the offer and then we let go of any attachment to result. The phrases that we can use are imbued with our friendliness, our loving-kindness, our goodwill. They're not meant to go out trying to make something happen out there. Each phrase is meant to have the energy to develop the capacity of our own heart's ability to offer this generosity of love. So really the focus is mainly within our own heart. And then we let go. We offer and let go. So this morning I'll use phrases referring to oneself and then a benefactor. And I'll give some details along the way. Traditionally, we begin with oneself. But sometimes that's challenging to do. So you can begin with the benefactor if you need to. Benefactor is someone who has benefited you. Someone you can open your heart to easily. I'll use the words referring to oneself. And if you begin with the benefactor, you can just change the wording appropriately. So this morning I'll offer some possible phrases for those of you who don't have phrases to use in your metta practice and give you some direction you can follow this morning. And then you may begin to find your own words. Even within this sitting, you may find your own words, your own ways to express. So beginning with oneself, Again, the attention at our heart center, breathing in and out from there. It's always good to begin with remembering our own goodness. See if there's a place or a way you can connect with yourself. Remembering some beautiful qualities of your own heart. Maybe something very simple, like remembering some recent situation of generosity or kindness or compassion. Compassion. 
See if you can tune into that and relax into that. Remembering a time of your own goodness. It said that remembering the good is the proximate cause for loving kindness to arise. Take a few moments to tune into that. The very fact that you're here is a beautiful quality, taking care of your heart, your life in this deep way. And then maintaining that connection, that deep connection and appreciation of yourself. And from your heart center, offering yourself these blessings, these offerings of unconditional friendliness towards yourself. You may want to envision yourself, if that's helpful, in a place where you can really offer and receive. So I'll use some phrases which you can repeat silently in your own rhythm, in your own timing. May I be safe and protected from all harm. Just repeating gently, imbuing that with your unconditional acceptance and love for yourself. May I be safe and protected in all ways. You can repeat it several times or just one time and then stay with that intention of offering and receiving. Safe and protected. May I be peaceful and happy. 
May I be healthy and strong. May my heart be at ease no matter what's happening. Now seeing if you can put one or two to memory as you do the phrases offering to oneself. May I be safe and protected. peaceful and happy. See if you can sense that offering emanating from your heart center. Filling your whole body, mind and heart with that intention, energy. May I be healthy and strong. May my heart be at ease no matter what's happening. Now taking your own time in your own way. You don't have to use all of the four phrases. Maybe just remembering one or two. May I be safe, protected, peaceful and happy.
healthy and strong. May my heart be at ease. See if you can stay on track. If you forget where you are, just begin again. Safe, peaceful, happy. If your mind goes off to thinking, just bring it back to the phrases you use.
May I be safe, peaceful, happy. If your energy is low, a simple repetition of phrases can bring your energy back up again. Safe and protected, peaceful and happy.
remaining with oneself if you choose to, or moving on to a benefactor. Traditionally, the second individual in this progression. So we choose a benefactor, someone who has benefited us. It can be an elder, a teacher, a parent, grandparent, someone preferably who is alive in these days. Or we can choose a colleague who has benefited us, or even a younger person, someone you can easily open your heart to. It can be an animal friend. So take some time to make a choice. Usually, the first choice is the best choice. So now have a clear sense of who it is. Really hone in on this person. Maybe in a visual sense, you can remember them. Or in a felt sense way. Saying their name silently to yourself can help. And then connecting further with this person by remembering something about them, how they may have benefited you, your gratitude or appreciation, a situation of interaction that opened your heart. Take some time to remember that. Remembering the good. Maybe it's just their smile. Something that naturally evokes the opening of your heart with loving-kindness. Maintaining that connection, whatever connection you've developed here, and offering from your heart center your unconditional loving kindness, infusing that intention within the words you use. May you be safe and protected in all ways. Offering that out. From your heart. 
safe and protected. Repeating silently in your own rhythm. May you be peaceful and happy. Whether that comes true or not doesn't matter. It's the offering of your goodwill that matters. Peaceful and happy. May you be healthy and strong. healthy and strong. May your heart be at ease and stay open no matter what's happening. heart be at ease. May you be safe, peaceful and happy, healthy and strong. May your heart be at ease.
no matter what's happening. Stay with it patiently. rhythmically, in your own way. safe and protected, peaceful and happy, staying on track, Coming to a close with this individual, 
coming back to your heart center, breathing in and out from there, and then opening your attention to those immediately around you and offering your goodwill to those just immediately around you. Of course, just energetically keeping your posture the way it is. Just as I wish to be safe and protected, may all of you be safe and protected on your journey. And when the words stop, you can let your breath offer out that intention, that offering. Opening that field of metta attention to include everyone in the room, if you can. Just as I wish to be peaceful and happy, May all beings here be peaceful and happy. Radiating that loving kindness to all beings here. Staying in tune with how that's generated from your heart center that offering. And now remembering all of the staff, those who cook for us and serve us, including them, just as I wish to be healthy and strong, may you all be healthy and strong. radiating out and including all of the creatures and beings on this land here that we practice on, sacred land. Just as I wish to be easeful in my own heart. May all beings here be at ease. All the animals of the land, the creatures and the insects, all the beings of the waters, all of the beings of the air, May all beings everywhere, in all directions, without exception, be happy, be peaceful, be liberated. Feeling our energy radiating out. And bringing that energy back in 
to ground in our own heart center, breathing in and out from there. So you were pretty quiet. Were you awake? (laughs) It felt pretty energetic as well. Are there any questions about the practice, the way it's being done, your experience? So do we allow the phrases to change depending on our experience? Yeah, definitely, of course. The important thing is that we don't get lost. You know, that if, if you can do that without getting lost, that's perfectly fine. But if you really stay in tune with your experience, you will tend not to get so lost. Yeah. Uh, so change according to what brings the most opening of heart, most connection with your ability to generate um, loving kindness. It is helpful to have a phrase that you can come back to. I find that's helpful for me. That when the mind kind of veers off into thinking about the past or the future or um, whatever, that if I have one phrase to come back to, that, that could be helpful. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So as we go along during the week, you'll see that the different ones of us who guide you may offer uh, different renditions of these phrases. So it's mainly to give you permission to find your own way with them, to find the turning of the words and the tuning of the words in a way that really helps to develop and generate loving-kindness in your own heart. That's what's important. Yeah. 
I'd like to hand it over to Sally now, who's going to talk about uh, doing the practice between times and, yeah, so that you can keep the momentum going. The continuity is really important. So those of you that have been here before, have done this kind of practice, are very familiar with the typical schedule that we have here at Spirit Rock and these kind of retreats where we alternate between sitting and walking practice. So we'll be doing this on this retreat. And so I want to give some instructions about using that period of practice wisely, the walking meditation, because it really is an important part of our practice. It can often we can often have the idea that the sitting practice is the most important, you know, in the hall where it's so um, formal and there's a real atmosphere of connection and commitment to practice. And once we get outside the door, it's like summer vacation. You know, we're just wandering out on the land and enjoying ourselves. And it's not to say we shouldn't enjoy ourselves, but uh, there is a real benefit to continuing your practice in a formal way. The walking practice serves many purposes, In and of itself, it is a powerful practice. It's a practice that will aid concentration and deepen the metta. Of course, it gives us a break from the sitting. You know, this is hard for most of us to sit in this continuous way, cross-legged or in a chair for many hours at a time. So it allows the body to find some balance in that. It can bring energy. If we're sleepy or dull, um, the body's in some discomfort, it can help as a, a balance to that. And it's also an integrative practice. It's, you know, most of us don't spend all our days sitting cross-legged. We might sit in a chair, but we're not usually doing something, working away at our computer or our desk. Um, But we do tend to walk around quite a bit. So learning how to continue or develop a practice while we're in movement can be really helpful. So there are many reasons to give some attention to the walking. But the main one really is the continuity of the practice. an aspect that we'll be talking a lot about as we go through these days uh, is just the willingness to keep coming back to the wishing well, the kindness, whether it's just through an intention, um, a, a more of an emotion, but particularly bringing up the phrases. In this practice, what we're developing are two important aspects, and again, we'll talk about this a lot more in the days to come. The meta, meta feeling and that quality of friendliness or kindness, and concentration. This is a concentration practice. Anytime we take up a a particular aspect of practice and and keep coming back to that again and again, the mind will eventually, at some point, become more concentrated. And so the continuity really supports that aspect of concentration, which is a very important part of this practice. And when the two deepen and come together the practice can be quite profound and really life-changing. So we look to balance that in our practice, the meta-feeling and the concentration. And again, those of you that are used to perhaps doing mindfulness practice, vipassana practice, uh, know this the style of walking uh, meditation where you're really grounded in the body and paying attention to the nuances of walking, the physical movement, the sensations, the actual act of walking. 
In metta, it's quite a different experience. Even though, of course, we want to be aware of the body, it's helpful to keep grounding the awareness in the body, just like we do in the sitting practice, we're not so interested in the physical act of walking, of the stepping or the lifting, moving, placing, or however you're used to being with the walking. can really let go of that. Just enough attention paid so you stay upright and on track. You don't want to be flopping all over the place. But just enough attention so you know you're walking, you're in your body, but you basically keep your metta practice going. And it's one of the things I love about this practice. It's kind of simple in a way. You're sitting, you're walking, you're eating, you're brushing your teeth, and you're just doing the same practice of wishing well. You know, there are nuances to the metta practice that we'll be going into, so it's not always just simple, but we can have that sense of continuity. So um, in the in-between times, say going, uh, standing up and going from your seat here to your walking place, I like to keep my practice really simple. I just do metta for myself with a really simple set of phrases, and I don't try to evoke too much or be too uh, creative about the practice, just enough to keep the continuity. But once I arrive at my walking place, um, I actually uh, get into developing the practice in a more formal way. And so what you want to do is find a place that you can walk to and fro um, for the period of the walking meditation. You can walk outdoors. There are beautiful places to walk here, shaded back here in the valley or out on the roads or the, um, the paths that are around here in the, the, the um, uh, patio out here. There's a downstairs walking room that you get to here and an upstairs one. So wherever you feel comfortable. But you want to just find a place that's relatively level. You can just walk to and fro. I find in metta practice, I don't tend to walk as slowly as I do with vipassana practice, so I'd like to have a longer walking path. I actually like to have my walking path be as long as it takes me to say the four phrases. So it might vary, but the main thing is you don't have to be walking at a snail's pace. Walk at a pace that helps your energy really flow and keeps you engaged and alive and uh, interested in the phrases. So that might vary, but it can be at a somewhat normal pace. might be a little slower just because there's a sense of, you know, giving the attention to the phrases rather than the walking. But the main thing is you're not going for a walk. You're actually continuing your formal practice. And that doesn't mean it that at times you might not go for a walk. It's wonderful to be out in nature and feel that sense of spaciousness that comes and can really balance the energy if you're feeling contracted. So, of course, you can, you know, once a day perhaps or whatever works for you, go, go for a longer walk. But you can still keep your phrases going in that and something we'll be talking about as we continue. But as you're doing a formal walking meditation, what I like to do when I get to um, where I'm going to do it is just stand for a moment. And just like we do at the beginning of the sitting, get connected to the body, to being grounded, feeling whatever you're feeling, being aware of the environment, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the the texture, the, the warmth or coolness. So there's a real sense of presence. And then, you know, have some sense of clarity about what, how you're going to practice, and I'd recommend that you just continue in the walking whatever you've been doing in the sitting. So these first couple of days we'll be doing mainly self and benefactor, so to practice with those two categories. And so just to get a sense of if you're sending metta to yourself, a real feeling of 
of yourself, a connection to yourself, a felt sense, a visual sense. And then when you feel that coming together, you can begin to walk. And so you just carry that with you through the saying of the four phrases. And again, you know, you can, you'll work out whether it's four or eight or two or whatever, the length of your walking path. You stop, turn around, and however long, you know, if you feel like making that connection again can be helpful. And then you walk back again. So it's just walking to and fro in this really gentle, kind of spacious way, you know, without any real goal or agenda. So it can be very relaxing. And that's an important part. We can often get tense in the walking where we have some agenda about what should be happening. Nothing much is happening. We're just kind of wandering back and forth on this path. So to really lower the expectations, be kind to yourself, and have a sense of relaxation or ease as you do the walking. When you bring in someone else, again, you can get a little creative about how you do that. You might stand for a moment and visualize them, bring up some memories of them that help you feel connected, bring them into your heart, say their name, whatever you need to do um, to develop that sense of connection and appreciation. And then again, when you feel ready to begin the path of walking. Some people do, do uh, practice with another person in different ways. Some people like to put them at the end of their path and they're kind of walking towards them. Some people imagine them hand in hand or side by side walking together. You might imagine them holding them in your heart and just carrying them with you. Sometimes the visual isn't there at all and there's just a sense of them. Again, you'll experiment and different things will work at different times. But the main thing we want to keep doing is the continuity, the connection, and the phrases. So we just see what works for us and and experiment a little, depending on our energy, the time of day, how our practice is going. But always doing the practice with a sense of kindness, not forcing down, bearing, pushing, um, striving, but reminding ourselves again and again to come back to this attitude of friendliness, of kindness, beginning with ourselves. It's so important. It's so much the foundation of of our practice. And, you know, for many of us, quite a radical shift to how we usually treat ourselves, which is often, as Kamala said last night, with a sense of judgment or berating or whatever, to really uh, practice this sense of kindness to ourselves. So any questions about the walking meditation in particular? Okay, we'll probably add some refinements to it, and you can also talk to your teachers about it as as you go through uh, our days together. A couple of small announcements. At the sitting right before lunch, I believe it starts at 12, Uh, James will lead the sitting, and he'll just give some short instructions on eating meditation, because again, it's a a different practice than the mindfulness, and we're looking to support the continuity, so uh, please come to that, and and he'll give you some words of of wisdom from James. Uh, There'll be a guided meditation in the afternoon, I think it's at uh, four o'clock, And we won't be uh, uh, extending the instructions, but just working with what we're already doing. So I recommend coming to that. Of course, the Qigong will be immediately prior to that. And we'll also begin interviews this afternoon. Um, We'll be seeing uh, half the group today in in groups. Uh, 
So try, we'll try to get the interview sh- uh, announcement up by lunchtime. We have to work on it this morning. And the interview uh, listing will be posted on a small bulletin board as you go out of the meditation hall, immediately to your right. There's a, a small... Sorry, left, as you go out onto your left, on your left, small bulletin board, and we'll post that uh, around lunchtime. So please check that. And we'll be doing the interviews um, uh, mainly in the interview rooms, which are directly, again, outside the meditation halls. You head to the left from the bathrooms, one, two, uh, four, and five are right there. And some may happen in the council house, which is where you registered. So uh, if your name isn't on the list tomorrow, please don't worry. I mean, today, we'll see you tomorrow. So half today and half tomorrow. Okay, so we may see some sunshine today if we... um, Weather weather Dave is smiling us, but otherwise enjoy the cool weather, and we'll see you shortly. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.